Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Welcome everyone. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamla D. This is episode four of Do You Know the Signs of the Second Coming of the Messiah? Now I know during my last episode, which was episode three, I said I would share episode four on Sunday, but I had a change of events uh, due to some obligations later on today and tomorrow morning. It was more feasible for me to do it today. Okay, and guess what? Episode five will be shared on Monday on Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. Not because it's his birthday, it's because I'm off. And so I decided to share episode five on Monday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's get this truth on the road. Now I know during the last episode, we ended with um, me saying the prophet Daniel 600 years before Jesus prophesied uh, two more signs that would precede his coming. Um, and I said, hey, we are out of time. So guess what? <laughs> we are going to talk about those two signs that the prophet Daniel predicted would also precede the coming of the Messiah. These are two distinct signs that I am quite sure when we start talking about them, you will say, oh, okay, okay, I get it. So put your learning hats on, okay, saints? In the late 15th century, a young Portuguese navigator immersed himself in the travels of Marco Polo, a 13th century travel log describing the adventures of an Italian merchant in the Far East. Now, earlier in that century, a revolutionary invention made this possible. Gutenberg's movable type printing press. Let me say that again. Gutenberg's movable type printing press. Now the printing press allowed for the affordable mass production of books and the travels of Marco Polo was one of the most popular of its day. Its depictions of India, China, and the riches they held ultimately inspired the young man to search for a sea-based trade route. By now, you may have possibly guessed who that man was. His name was Christopher Columbus. And in September of 1492, he set sail across the Atlantic Ocean. His quest, a shortcut to the Orient. But after many weeks at sea, Columbus and his crew landed in the Bahamas instead. Now, in the years that followed, human knowledge increased significantly as books became widespread. Now, this vast increase and in sharing of human knowledge 
led to new inventions and new technologies. And these new inventions fueled a, uh, a geometric expansion of knowledge and discovery, including enormous strides in our ability to travel the globe. 500 years later, the results are nothing short of astounding. In 1952, the ocean liner Blue Ribbon crossed the Atlantic in less than four days, a voyage that took Columbus and his crew, check this out, five weeks. Now, do you think this is another example of everything remaining the same since the beginning of the world? Mm -mm, not, not at all. Or is it a sign that we live in extraordinary times? Now, human life over the past century and a half is dramatically different than anything that came before it. The length of our collective knowledge and the speed at which we travel have both increased and you got it exponentially. Now, was all of this unforeseen? No, it was not. Six centuries before Jesus predicted the exponential curve of the last days, a great man of God predicted our modern day explosion in travel and knowledge. His name was Daniel, Daniel the prophet, 2,600 years ago. Babylon was the most powerful king or let's say kingdom in the world. Its king, Nebuchadnezzar, held more power than any man on earth at that time. But Nebuchadnezzar wasn't even the wisest man in his own kingdom. That title belonged to a Hebrew slave name, and you got it, Daniel. Daniel rose to great fame and power in Babylon due to his ability to interpret one of the king's mysterious dreams. And you can read about that in Daniel chapter 2. Now, later on, under the reign of Darius the Mede, the king threw Daniel into a den of lions. But because of his faith in God, whose faith? Daniel's faith in God. Daniel escaped unharmed. That's in Daniel chapter 6. Now, if you know the story about that, the king did not want to, to throw Daniel into the, uh, the, the, the uh, den of lions. But Mede was so jealous of Daniel he concocted this law, put it together, and to make a long story short, it was something that Daniel could not follow because the law involved not praying to God. You can't pray to God. And Daniel prayed anyway and was overheard. Next thing you know, he was charged and convicted and, and King Nebuchadnezzar just said, okay, he agreed with the mead. But uh, how many of us know that if we serve the true and living God, he can deliver you? Oh yes, just like he delivered Daniel out of the, the, the den of lions or the lions in the den. He delivered those three Hebrew boys from the burning fiery furnace. And I don't want to get off too much. However, this message episode four will be short. Okay. It's not going to be that long. So during Daniel's captivity, God showed Daniel a number of visions concerning the future. Now in one of these visions, God revealed several events set to take place just before the second coming of the Messiah. But an angel told Daniel to keep these prophecies quiet until a later date. Until the end times is what the angel was telling Daniel. Now, when travel and knowledge will increase, that is when it was to be kept quiet until travel and knowledge would, would increase. That's in Daniel chapter 12 in the latter part of verse 4. Now, I'll repeat it again. 
the angel said, until the end times when travel and knowledge will increase. Okay. In other words, one of the signs of the second coming is a general worldwide increase in travel and knowledge. Those are the two signs that we need to focus on. And those are the two signs I will be talking about in this episode. So I want to ask you this. Do we see these signs today? Hmm. Okay. So let's talk first about an increase in travel. In the days of Daniel, most people traveled less than 50 miles from where they, they were born, not in the course of a year, but in the course of a lifetime. Now, as a slave carried away into captivity, Daniel was the, the exce exception, not the rule. And after arriving in Babylon, he spent the remainder of his years in and around the city. Now in the ancient world, routine travel from one part of an, an empire to another was not com uh, commonplace. It was extremely rare. And sometimes these trips took months, if not years. Now the fastest mode of land-based transportation was a horse. Yeah, that's correct. So I want you to fast forward about 2,400 years to the early 19th century. What do you think was the fastest land-based mode of transportation back then? You are correct. It was a horse. Now, an example of how slow early 19th century travel was, let me share this. The War of 1812 offers an excellent example. The Treaty of Ghent ended the war on December 24th, 1814. But do you know when the final major battle took place? The American victory over the British at, at the Battle of New Orleans occurred on January 8th of 1815. 15 days after the Treaty of Ghent, due to the slow travel and communications of the era, it took weeks for news of the treaty to reach the United States. You hear me? It took weeks for it to reach the United States. So see how far we've come in just two centuries. The rate of change is breathtaking. In terms of travel, things remain mostly the same from the days of Daniel to the Battle of New Orleans. Yes. Now, throughout that time, the horse dominated the travel. <laughs> yeah, they rode on horse. That's how they trend. You know, that's how they moved around, saints. Then everything changed. And the change was both swift and dramatic. The cause? The Industrial Revolution. Yes, in the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution gave birth to the steam locomotive. Now, this revolutionized the speed of travel. The average horse galloped at 30 miles per hour, but by 1900, trains routinely traveled at twice that speed. In the early 20th century, the horseless carriage, which was the car, took the world by storm. In 1908, the Ford Motor Company produced the first Model T, a car with a top speed of 40 miles per hour. By the 1920s, Saints, race cars topped 100 miles per hour. For thousands of years, the horse remained the fastest mode of land-based travel. Yet, within the span of one century, Trains and cars rendered the horse obsolete and the speed and power of human travel continued to increase throughout the 20th century and right up to our present day.
Now, I want you to notice a pattern here. If you graph this increase in travel speed over the course of human history, what do you think it would look like? Mm -hmm, you are correct. It will be an exponential curve. Now, Jesus said the days leading up to his second coming would resemble an exponential curve. Now, if you meet Matt, uh, I'm sorry, if you read Matthew chapter 24 verses three through eight, that's what he is talking about. And Daniel revealed that travel and knowledge would increase in the end times. So it seems reasonable to me to expect an exponential increase in travel and knowledge in the time just before the second coming of the Messiah. Now, I want you to try this one. For several thousand years, men dreamed of controlled flight. Okay. But for centuries, that's all it was. It was a dream. But in 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright put together an airplane that flew for 12 seconds and traveled at 120 feet. Now, yet 66 years later, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. Now, do you think that qualifies as, as an exponential change? Uh-huh. So let's talk about increase in knowledge because we just got through talking about an increase in travel. So let's move to an increase in knowledge. Now, about 300 years before Jesus, the Ptolemaic dynasty in Egypt constructed a library. Yes, the first real library was constructed in Egypt. Okay. Absolutely. It was actually in Alexandria, Egypt. Now, many consider it to be the greatest collection of written knowledge in the, in the ancient world. While we don't know for sure how much knowledge was housed there, some estimates say as many as 500,000 papyrus scrolls or either thick paper scrolls were stored there. Now, this means the library probably housed tens of thousands of original works comparable with today's books. Now, although some of these may have been duplicates. Okay. Now, 2000 years ago, this was the height of human knowledge. So today you probably have a bigger library within a, let's say a few minutes of your home. I know I have one at least three blocks away from where I live. Now, a few years ago, Google estimated, I want you to check this out. Listen carefully. A few years ago, Google estimated more than 120 million books were in print and that the emergence of eBooks would quickly accelerate that count. Now today you can buy an Amazon Kindle for less than a hundred dollars and hold a library larger than the library of Alexandria in the palm of your hand. Now, in terms of books alone, we've seen an exponential explosion in the amount and availability of knowledge. Now, let, let me say this here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just because something is written in books doesn't mean that it's good knowledge, because what we have are some false information out there about a lot of things. OK, but right right now we are talking about an increase in knowledge. But Daniel's he actually predicted an increase in knowledge is not limited to just books. OK, now the 20th century witnessed an explosion of information via newspapers, magazines, radio, television, 24 seven cable networks and the Internet. And also we can add smartphones in 1990. There was only one website. Oh, this is going to blow your mind, saints. 
1990, there was only one website. Now think about that. Think of how much the world has changed in such a short period of time. Only one website in 1990. Now, six years later, which was 1996, the internet had more than 100,000 websites. Now, a decade later, 100 million websites have been created. Now, as of right now, uh, we can estimate, according to my research, we have almost a billion websites. Now, that's a definite exponential increase. And the number of users over that time frame shows a similar pattern. Today, more in information is added to the internet every day. So we are probably over 1 billion websites. So um, if they add uh, more information every day, we have to assume Okay, assume, and, and I may, I'm not being facetious here, that that existence in the ancient library of Alexandria didn't exist. Ah, it didn't exist. So do you think this is a sign that things are the same now as, as, as they have always been? Or do you think we, we are witnessing a significant increase in knowledge? Uh-huh. Now, well, biblical knowledge so when Daniel revealed that knowledge would increase in the end times, and, and, and I told you before, that's in Daniel 12, the latter part of verse four, he wasn't referring to general knowledge alone. He also meant prophetic knowledge because I'm here to tell you that the revelation of these scriptures that I have today, I didn't have 15 years ago. I didn't have 20 years ago. Um, God is increasing my knowledge in his word. I would say every day as I constantly study. And when that, that revelation is revealed to me, boy, I'd be up in here jumping and flipping. I'm like, Oh my God, God, thank you. Because you can feel it. Now teachers and ministers know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't believe I finally got that revelation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So in other words, knowledge of the Bible and the end time prophecies in Daniel's vision would also increase. Okay. Because after seeing his vision of the end times, Daniel explained that he didn't understand what it meant. That's in Daniel 12, eight. Then the angel told Daniel, go for what I have told you is a secret until the end times. That's in Daniel 12, nine. So why couldn't Daniel understand that vision? And why would his vision remain a secret until the end time? Now, the answer to these questions that I believe can be found in the nature of Daniel's vision. Daniel's vision of the end times revealed a dramatically different world from the one he knew or the one he saw, the one he was living in. Otherwise, why would he say he couldn't understand it? Would this have been true of a vision of AD 500 or AD 1000 or even the year 1700? I don't think so. But it would absolutely be true of our world today. Okay. Now, if Daniel saw our world of today in his vision, how could he explain it? Huh? What would cities with skyscrapers look like to someone like Daniel who lived 26 years ago? How about jet airplanes, televisions, or, or computers? Now, if you showed a film of our everyday world to someone in the ancient world 
or even someone from just 300 years ago. They would be hard pressed to make sense of it. But today it's not so difficult for us to imagine these things. So let's talk a little bit about knowledge without wisdom. Now, while the length and depth of our knowledge has exploded, I must say that because I'm experiencing it. It's important to note that knowledge is not the same as wisdom. They are two different things. You can have knowledge, but still lack wisdom because I'm around people every day that have knowledge and, and, and have no clue uh, what to do with that knowledge and have no clue what that knowledge means. And we can take scientists, for instance, but I don't want to bash our scientists right now. So have you ever met someone who was book smart, but lack common sense? Uh-huh. Doctors who can uh, perform heart surgery, but don't know how to put air in a tire. I've met them. I'm telling you Now they are all around us. So the astrophysicist who can't balance his checkbook can tell you all kinds of things about physics. Uh-huh. And most people don't understand physics. I know I don't. So the counselor, think about the counselor or the therapist who've been married at, and divorced about three or four times, but they are counseling someone. So where's the wisdom on marriage? Now we've all met people who are experts in one area of life and totally lacking in other areas in their life. Now that's the way the world is today. And the Bible predicted this would be the exact condition of the world before Jesus Christ returns a second time. The apostle Paul described the people of the last days as, and this is in second Timothy three, seven, and I'm paraphrasing through here. He said that people will be forever learning, but never be able to understand the truth. That's an increase in knowledge, but don't have any wisdom. Now, this is exactly what we see happening today. The world is drowning in a sea of advanced knowledge and scientific discovery. Yet many people continue to deny the most basic truth, such as the existence of God and his son, Jesus Christ. Forever learning but never come into the, the, to the knowledge of truth. So as I conclude this episode, let, let, let me um, reiterate some stuff. The book of Daniel reveals that an increase in travel and knowledge will immediately precede the second coming of the Messiah. That's in Daniel 12, four. And what do we see today? A vast increase in both. Now, for thousands of years, the horse remained the fastest mode of transportation on land, while the world's most celebrated libraries contained at best a few hundred thousand papyrus scrolls. Today, jets travel faster than the speed of sound and handheld devices store hundreds of times of uh, as much information as the library of Alexandria, Egypt. I know all the devices I have, I have over 1000 books in them. Okay. Now it's clear the world we, that we live in has transformed exponentially since the days of Daniel and Christ Jesus when he walked this earth. Yet people still use the argument Peter said they would, that they would use almost 2000 years ago. If you dare to suggest that Jesus is coming back or he's going to return, you will be mocked. Now, I can care less. I'm saved. Uh, they can mock me all they want, but I will continue to teach Bible truth. Now, now these uh, people have been mocking the return of Christ for over 2000 years. So I want to ask you this. 
Is our modern world no different from the past 2000 years? Of course it's not. Now, dramatic and unprecedented change has gripped our world for at least two centuries. The world we live in today is barely recognizable to past generations. They wouldn't understand what they see today. But even if you doubt this, there's one particular sign of the second coming you can't ignore. Now, in fact, it didn't exist in any form of fulfillment under the late 19th century. Uh-huh. But today, today, it's nothing less than a modern day miracle fulfilled Bible prophecy in our own day and time. And according to the Bible, immediately after you see this sign, you can know one thing with absolute certainty that Christ Jesus, our Lord is coming back soon. Saints, I hate to do it to you, but I have to end this episode right now. I hope I sparked your attention and I hope that you are hungry for more because on Monday, I will share episode five and we will definitely talk about that sign that you cannot ignore. Okay. So I will see you on Monday. And I hope you guys stay tuned for an invitation to accept Christ. Okay. I will see you on Monday saints. And until then treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. Love you. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. Good